Art of Time Ensemble presents Dance to the Abyss at Harborfront Center Theatre, February 23rd to the 25th. Step back in time to the 1920s and immerse yourself in the decadent world of the Weimar Republic. Join us for a night of cabaret and jazz-inspired songs as we explore the music that once defined an era on the brink of catastrophe, featuring the work of Jewish composers Erwin Schulhoff, Misha Spolonsky, and musicians Wallace Holiday, Kevin Turcott, Andrew Barashko, Drew Jarek, and more. Tickets on sale now at harborfrontcenter.com. Use promo code CABARET25 to receive 25% off your tickets. Hey, welcome to the Mensch Warmers. You might be hearing a different voice than you're normally used to. Uh, this is Gabe James, uh, our sort of collective large adult son of the podcast, is currently on vacation. Um, he's taking his family somewhere warm, which sounds lovely for his young children. But we have a really special episode tonight. It is a special day here on the Mensch Warmers, where tonight I'm joined uh, in this chair um, I suppose on the other chair on the other side of the screen, if you're familiar at all with the uh, CJN auditory universe, in addition to our show, by our producer, Michael Freeman. Michael, welcome to the Menchwarmers as my co-host, my guest co-host this evening. That was a hell of an introduction, and I'm excited to try and cut it down into less than a minute. Fabulous. Uh, you know, we're at 52 seconds now. Um, not to get too pedantic about it, but that's sort of okay. the gimmick of our show is getting pedantic. Um, okay, okay. But I'll I'll steal it. I'll steal a thing uh, from from James. Uh, M- Michael, hi, how's it going, buddy? It's going well. Uh, Long time listener, first time caller. Uh, I'm excited <laughs> to be to be here. Uh, 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 what's what's the expert? pitch hitting? Pinch hitting? What's yeah? The, what's I think you're pinch hitting. Here? I, I, you pinch. would know this. It's a pinch, like better than me. Like but you'll do it. I think. I think. Okay. Right now, you're in the role of like backup cantor. You know, I think like every yes. every place has two rabbis, so there's another rabbi when the rabbi doesn't show up. But like when the cantor doesn't show up, they actually got to bring somebody in, right? Um, and so- I'm and I'm I'm singing uh, in, in in James's stead. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I should tell I should tell all of our listeners who aren't familiar with me because uh, I never am on the air that I don't know anything about sports. But I think that's okay. I think that's okay tonight. We're, our show is a little bit different. We're talking about sports sort of in a larger context. Um, there's been a lot of discussion since uh, October 7th and the continued operation uh, in Israel and Gaza about sort of global Jews' position in the world in terms of commentary. Um, and for one reason or another, uh, there's been a lot of instances in which Jewish athletes have seen some of their platforms, either athletically or, as we'll talk about, in some sort of like public facing view uh, taken away. Uh, And that's what we're here to talk about tonight. Michael, uh, uh, can you sort of give us a rundown of of what's been happening globally? Sure. So they say uh, like three, three make a trend. Is that something like that? So there's been three instances in the last month or so uh, that we at the CJN have covered. uh, from the news department, you guys have touched on it. CJ and Daly's touched on it, and and so I thought you know it would be nice to just sort of bring all of this together, particularly in light of two stories that have some sort of timely updates that are actually happening this week. Um, 
And so they're the, the, the first one to kind of kick it off is uh, the story of Leah Goldstein, who's a motivational speaker, cyclist, just like super athlete, uh, Canadian woman. She's from British Columbia. To, to bring this back to Seinfeld for a second, as we often do, this is a lot like, um, I think his name is A.G. Pennypacker. Uh, for for Leah Goldstein, she is Penny Packer. She is a uh, industrialist, philanthropist, bicyclist. Sure, that's that's <laughs> Penny Packer's bio. Okay, uh, well, yes, uh, I guess you could say that she is some of those things. Um, what she also is is canceled uh, because <laughs> she's <laughs> yikes. She. Well, she served well, hey, I mean, you know, credit to her. She served in the IDF more than 30 years ago. Right. And she was invited to be the keynote speaker at uh, Inspire, the Women's Portrait Project. Um, there was a, a, an International Women's Day event uh, that was going to be held, and she was going to be the keynote speaker. Was it Peterborough, I think? Yeah, mm -hmm. Peterborough on March 8th. Um, and as these things do, somebody, somebody who was going to go, I'm assuming, found out I, I think that might be a longer assumption. You know, I think there's a lot of like, now we're getting a lot of like post, you know, the internet has allowed anyone to complain about anything. So maybe just yeah, somebody but I, found I suspect out about her. It's the kind of thing that yeah. nobody thought about for a while while they were booking her. And then mm -hmm. a month before the event, somebody said something and it caused enough people at the at this uh, event to freak out. Yeah. And cancel her keynote and replace her with someone else. And then a few days later, within the week, uh, they just canceled the event altogether. Yeah. Because it got so much so much backlash. Um, so so there was backlash and then the backlash of the backlash has killed the event. Yeah. Leah was very outspoken about it. She was very mm -hmm. angry about it. She gave some great quotes to the CJN. I'll have a link to uh, my, my colleague, uh, news editor, Lila Sarek's piece in the CJN. One quote she gave from Leah you're going to give in to a small group of stupid, uneducated people that probably don't even know what they're protesting about. Um, <laughs> wow. Um, she also spoke to Canadian Cycling Magazine, um, of which I've done a lot of reading in my, my time riding bikes a lot. Um, you know, she said a number of things that there's zero politics in her speech. All of that she talks about is that the crap she had trying to be, in her own words, the crap she went through as a woman in sports. Um, and that's what women are supposed to do is listen for each other. Um, you know, she's mad and she's disappointed, but it's, it's, it is really interesting that that, like, I am, I am a Jewish person. I do not fully know what the experience is like of being a Palestinian person going to a feminist event in Calgary or Calgary and Peterborough. That is not who I am, but you know, in, in, as she said herself, like, I would love to have a Palestinian person speak at this event too. Um, well, she's, I think she said if there was a Palestinian woman, I would go or something. Yes. Like, she'd, it, like, she'd be, she wouldn't be protesting yet. Yeah. I guess my I, question is the, the, the one thing that I kind of have to nitpick on, on Leah here, and I would have asked her is she said, I think in her, in her response, like they're obviously targeting me because I'm Jewish. I think it's pretty obvious that they're targeting her because she was in the IDF and not because yes. she's Jewish. And I do think that's a pretty important line to, to draw like when we're I, doing the whole anti-semitism is not anti-zionism kind of conversation and is anti-israel anti-semitism whatever whatever um i think it's pretty like she was it like it, the, the line is israel support for israel support for the idf and we're gonna be touching about this later because a lot of other stuff also involves the idf yes um not all of it but I mean, only some of it um some of it. I, yeah that's right <laughs> i think there's a lot of like again i agree 
I agree with you that probably it is not strictly about her Judaism. That said, her family was raised in Israel. The military service is mandatory. And I'll go, I'll split the difference with you here. And that being Israeli altogether, just being Israeli is the same thing as being in the IDF in my mind, because you can't be one without the other. Actually, you well, she also be in said, the IDF without she, being Israeli. She also but, said that, that today at age 55, she would be happy to go back if they, if they like drafted her back in, like if they yeah. needed her. Um, you know, I would, I would also, I'm a little wary of, uh, of specifically critiquing or nitpicking her statements as you are, you're a bolder man than I, as she is also a former world kickboxing champion. She would kick the crap out of me. She, she, she cracks heads on nerds all the time. I assume. I, I, I would assume the same. Um, nonetheless, it is, it, it, the distinction almost doesn't even matter because IDF involvement 30 years ago or being Jewish should not disqualify you from agreed. Don't even just don't even disqualify you, but cancel after the fact, giving a keynote and then disrupting an entire international international Women's Day event that is now just crumbled. Uh, is now just gone of, because of infighting. Again, this is an event in Peterborough that collapsed because of one woman's involvement in an army 30 years ago, halfway around the world. Yeah, that's right. Um, that <laughs> yes, and and you know in this. She, she is a remarkable athlete um, and probably an, an extremely inspiring speaker who's got a lot to say about her journey and her experience. And, and she calls it non-political other than the experience of being a woman in sports. So yeah. I agree well, with Well, if, um, if anybody wants to hear it, she's got plenty of uh, stuff on YouTube. Uh, we should move along yes. to uh, the, the next big... Uh, sure, you're keeping it snappy. You don't have to give me hand signals. You don't have to do... You're just... You're, you just, what? you're live I, on tape. As the I producer. wish I wish you guys would do a little bit more of this instead of hey, me just typing furiously well, at you. Listen, man, what what we do is jazz, and <laughs> and you can't rush jazz. You got to listen to the jokes we're not telling okay. to really understand the jazz. Um, oh, okay. But and speaking of which, uh, I think it's my turn to talk about somebody who was canceled. Um, sure. Although he is not totally quite still on the team, but a quick follow up on. Uh, the former captain of the South African youth cricket team, David Teeger, who is removed from his post uh, with the official explanation, uh, the official explanation from Cricket South Africa um, is to avoid, to keep security of fans and players as they expect, uh, you know, protests at the, at the tournament um, of which there weren't actually that many now that it's happened. That said, what it actually happened sort of at the beginning is uh, David Teeger uh, won, he won an award at a Jewish community event uh, and dedicated it to the state of Israel and every soldier fighting so we can live and thrive in the diaspora, um, which is actually a pretty nuanced thing to say. It's not like, you know, I think Israel needs to crush anyone or just sort of reflected the the he's not just national... saying israel has a right he's not just saying israel has a right to defend itself which is like no the generic not... line yeah it's not the generic line it is it is you know israel's israel keeps us safe against anti-semitism um which is ironic because of what had happened so allegedly what happened afterwards is that statement led to an official complaint from the Palestinian Solidarity Alliance of South Africa, uh, the PSASA, uh, 
to determine whether or not that uh, he broke the code of conduct. Conduct. Korea and South Africa actually found out he did not. Their official report said he did not break any code of conduct, but anyway, removed him from the position. They asked him to to quit. He said no. They removed him later anyway, um, which is like the whole thing is a little awkward. It goes even deeper. Um, this is not, you know, I know a lot of Jewish people, especially a lot of South African Jewish people are sort of torn between some loyalties right now, given that South Africa is sort of leading a international legal challenge to the Israeli army. Um, and, and, you know, Israel's response to October 7th, uh, well, not just the Israeli. I mean, they're they're the ones who launched the the uh, what was it in the United Nations? Does it a, a claim of genocide? Yes, that's the one. That's that's exactly what I'm talking about. They're sort of overall. So, the actual government of South Africa uh, released a statement a couple of days after this. We never covered this on the podcast because it happened after we recorded. But generally speaking, um, the what they the official government party. It wasn't on government stationery, it was on party stationery. But the ANC um, released a statement that said, congratulations to the new captain, um, and he has replaced the, quote, Israeli genocide supporter, uh, which sort Holy of, I think, shit. escalates it a lot further than what Tiger actually said. Um, you know, I, I I think, you know, the I'm re- this now comes that's, from an article in that's the Guardian. Anti-Semit- that's anti-Semitism. Yes, that's anti-Semitism. I would agree. That's anti-Semitism, folks. Um, completely. So, you know, currently, you know, after meeting the the cricket, the uh, cricket South Africa, the head of the South African Jewish, I think it's the uh, SJABD, um, which is the same organization that gave uh, David Teeger that award. Um, the head of it met with Cricket South Africa and said. Uh, they told us they don't actually have security concerns. They admitted it, but it's either it's likely political interference from the ANC, um, which is what the belief now is, is that it's not up to cricket South Africa, but it's the government sort of taking a political swing. This um, goes straight to the top. It goes straight to the top. And at the very least, you know, to finish the quote from from Zev Krengel, who which is a, a 10 bell name, really hell of a name for Zev Krengel. Um, yeah. Pretty said, sure you he know, ran a, a corner store in uh, in New York in the 1920s or something. Ex- exactly. Um, it's a sad day for cricket South Africa, and uh, that the only way they felt they could run a tournament is to strip a Jew of his captaincy. None of them can agree on anything. It's a sad day for CSA, a sad day for South Africa, and it's a black mark on the International Cricket Council. Um, one thing I also just want to quickly point out before we do this, you know, this is a global story. Um, cricket is the most watched sport in the world. It's in a million different places. Um, you know, it's a really great opportunity to look at how different Wait, headlines cover different say, stories. Did you say cricket is the most watched sport in the world? It is. More than soccer? More than soccer. The the uh, World Cup final, I think, in the last Cricket World Cup is the most watched broadcast ever. And... The uh, just and, and you know it's one and two with the last soccer World Cup and this past cricket World Cup. I know that you know internet capabilities are changing. It is the most live streamed event ever. Like nobody has watched more things on the internet, live sports, than the cricket World Cup this past year. Wow. Anywho, you, you wanted to talk uh, about headlines or something? Yeah, in the, in um, I just want to read three quick headlines. 
uh, Haaretz, their headline is, quote, pure anti-Semitism. South African Jews slam cricket body for stripping Jewish players of captaincy. Um, CNN is David Teeger, comma, or colon, cricket South Africa denies anti-Semitism accusations. And uh, perhaps in my favorite one, uh, The Guardian, uh, ICC steers clear and row over cricketers pro-Israel comments. Uh, which is, you know, very, very British. I feel like a cricket row is yeah. is complete. You know, that's central casting. Yeah, you uh, you'd be hard pressed to find enough uh, uh, probably North American speakers who even read the word row correctly. Agreed, agreed. Um, one, you know, one other point about about uh, David Teeger. His speech sort of comes to mind the classic Kevin Durant MVP speech to his mom. You, the real MVP. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with that speech as a hoop head. You are, Michael. Um, you know, and sure. then it became meme. But uh, what David Teeger actually said was, uh, you know, uh, what did he, what he actually said is, yes, I've been given this award and I am the rising star of the Jewish community, but the true rising stars are the young soldiers in Israel. Um, so in his is he mind, doing, is he doing is he doing interviews? We should try. He's not. Him. He has not spoken no, to the media not. once. Um, hey, if you think you can get him. Um, you know what? You'd be surprised how many people normally don't do interviews, but then when they hear that our show is called Menschwarmers, they're immediately <laughs> won over. I'm not who, even kidding. Who 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 did we get an exclusive on? Not an exclusive, but like Coach David Thorpe. Yeah. He said yeah, Thorpe. He, he said he said, I'm not doing a lot of podcasts anymore, but when you told me the name was Menschwarmers, I had to do it. Yeah. I actually yeah. think I actually think our live show with Michael Landsberg got a similar response from Landsberg. Yeah. I think so too. As well, uh, uh, Jeff Jeff uh, Perlman told us that he he did there it because of the name. So all we yeah. got to do is slide this name somehow uh, across In, his radar into the message of David Teeger, and will be yeah. will be the people he sp- speaks to. That's also yeah. like LeBron. It's like LeBron doing his decision with Jim Gray. David Teeger speaks publicly to a Canadian Jewish sports podcast. <laughs> um, not Pretty a big. lot of cricket fans in this country, but a lot of people listen to it. Um, That's right. The other, you know. The other quick, this one, there aren't a lot of updates since we've talked about it, but another, you know, example. Well, there is one. Keep you going. There's one update. Okay. I'll, I'll recap it briefly. Mike, you'll give that quick update. Um, the Israeli national youth team um, was temporarily banned and then renewed into a uh, hockey, a double IHF world championship hockey tournament. Um, they appealed. They uh, were allowed back in and then they won the fucking tournament. <laughs> yeah that's pretty much it it's pretty um, much it uh much so it. they were like they were canceled yeah. and i brought back so so um so I'll, I'll put back on my uh uh head of cjn podcast hat for a second and remind listeners that the cjn daily's ellen bestner has been following this story pretty closely um mostly because of how many canadians are involved in israeli hockey and how many canadians are involved in the founding of israeli hockey which uh long-time mentormers listeners will remember um what was the name of the guy who who helped found it? We had on the show, Paul something. Um, I was away for that episode, <laughs> so you didn't listen to it. No, I uh, did, but I don't remember his name. That's fine. His name is Paul something. Anyway, he's a very nice guy. He was on our show. Um, the point is, Canadians are pretty foundational to Israeli hockey, and as a result, the CJN has been pretty uh, on top of our coverage, thanks to Ellen and all her connections there. Um, and she pointed out something that uh, she. And she pointed out a um, 
an update that's actually current as of this week, as of yesterday, a couple uh, only Israeli Hebrew language media outlets have been reporting on the legal hearings that have actually happened this week. Um, I'm, I'm reliant on Google Translate from like Israel Hayom and, and articles like this and uh, publications like that, I mean. Um, so it's a little unclear to me the specifics, but the gist is that there are legal hearings happening at some court for international hockey. Uh, I do know it's a Canadian judge. They mentioned that. And uh, basically there's hearings going on. As far as I can tell, the hearings do not affect the next three events that Israel is competing in this year. There's mm-hmm. a, a men's tournament tournament in Serbia. There's a boys under 18 in Spain. And there's a women's tournament in Estonia all throughout 2024. Um, as far as I know, Israel's just going to those. I don't think the legal proceedings, the legal, the legal court case has anything against it. As yeah, far as I, I think, know, the, the legal court- I think court, they're allowed the, to play until the decision has been made. But even, but even once the decision is made, I thought the decision was about Israel and the, and the Olympic Committee of Israel and Team Israel suing the IIHF for discrimination. Oh. I, that's so what not, I think this court case is about. Gotcha. I don't think so, it's about – because they already rescinded – like the IIHF already rescinded the, the, the thing, the order, right? Like they said, okay, fine, you can come. Um, yeah. So I don't think it's like, but we're still barring you from the others. I, I thought it was about like – a discrimination suit but again i'm sort of reliant on Hebrew so, here so if anybody knows more about this feel free to, to i do know in. i do know that they're on a case-by-case basis now um okay. with the double ihf we will continue to to you know do look at israel on a double ihf in this case i am having a bit of like a a, a tough i'm you know what i'm conceptualizing of this all and i'm not trying to compare the two country but like banning countries for political reasons is not new you know, that's a thing that's happened in sports in all sorts of levels. I mean, Russia you know, recently think, in the Olympics was a big, yeah, big one. With Russia and and previously, you know, apartheid South Africa and those countries, you know, countries who support it were, were banned from the Olympics for a long time. Um, but they're not punishing individual athletes. So with the way the Russia Olympic bans work is that if you're Russian, you go to the Olympics and you are just an independent athlete. And you compete under the Olympic flag, you could still go and win a gold medal. Um, and but that's not the case of what's happening with Israel in a lot of cases, especially in the case of David Tigger. He's allowed to play, but like in the background. So, you know, his his also he's not Israeli, he's just a Jewish guy in South Africa. So like a lot of his his like a lot of the you know, it seems to be much more about a connection of identity in this case than it is a connection of you are funded by the same government that is doing a thing we disagree with. Yeah, I mean, the reason for both the cricket guy, um, so David, and uh, the Israeli hockey team, uh, the, the reason for banning them is ostensibly the same Quote unquote. for your own security, or we can't guarantee your security, right? Yeah. Um, and that's actually something that's going to come up again, uh, or that has come up again already outside the sports world, which we'll talk about, we'll talk about briefly mm-hmm. at the end of this. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think by this point, it's the cover has been pretty much blown off that excuse. Like yeah, you see I think so you, too. It, it, the fact that Israel uh, is, was back in the Bulgaria tournament uh, and nothing seemed to happen. The fact that the cricket thing was, as you, as you said earlier, just sort of elevated and turns out was maybe some sort of giant uh, national conspiracy um, yeah. pretty much confirms that it has nothing to do with security concerns. And it's, I, I don't even know that it's anti-Semitism so much as it's the organization saying, we don't want to deal with this. Like we know yes. there's going to be backlash due to your participation and we just 
we just don't want to deal with it. It's just easier yeah. if we cut you and make everyone else happy than include you for the sake of equality and try to defend it. Totally agree. Um, I think it's it's almost certainly not it's almost certainly not they don't want to have the conversation. I think is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, what um, is there even a conversation to have? Like, just look at people play the sport. It's sports. Right. You're, not, you're not even talking. Right. They don't have to answer anybody. Just just let conversation people, is the wrong word. Just let the people play the sport. It's a game. Yeah. Let them play the game. It's a game. <laughs> that's 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 exactly right. Um, yeah, it's it's the not tournament. Did, in in the case of Team Israel hockey, it's it, I mean, there's like under eighteen game. Like it's a game played by kids. Like it's not <laughs> right. No, and same thing. Same goes through with with. David Teeger, like he was a young guy, right? Like you're right. The, we're now in this case talking about children, literally children. Literal children. Uh, I'm tr- so now that the tournament is over, I'm really quickly because I didn't. Oh, here it is. Um, South Africa lost in the semifinals. They wound up losing to India um, in the semifinals. Teeger uh, did not have a very good um, uh, semifinal match, unfortunately. Um, he seems to have not performed sort of best of this tournament. And to be honest with you, I don't quite blame him. <laughs> um, he had what seemed to be a really, really, really rough lead up to the tournament. Um, so, you know, in that last game where they lost, he didn't have the best game of his career. And I don't blame it's gotta, him. It's going to be rough. It's It's going to be yeah. hard. You know, a lot of sports. I don't know the degree to which sports is mental. I think it's a lot. Uh, I think it's and, a lot. I think it's a lot. It's, it's it's hard to to keep your head straight. I mean, there, he's so, their yeah. he's their number three batsman, so he's the first guy off the bench um, when they're hitting. Like he plays a really really big role on the team, um, and and I'm not surprised to see that he might have had a little bit of of might have had a little bit of challenge. Um, well, I'll say this: if he ever wants to come on the air and talk about it, we're here for him. Yeah, would love to. Absolutely love to. I say we uh we take a, a short break and then come back and uh to, to talk a little about, bit of the non-sports world well yeah how this is a, a a trend that extends beyond the world of athletics that's right don't take half measures when it comes to home security alarms and cameras work but they'll only tell you that your worst nightmare just came true Safety Screen by Metalex for windows and doors will keep your family safe and sound with real stopping power. They can't be cut, pried, or bashed in, so you can enjoy carefree ventilation in the spring and fall with peace of mind. And protect your fixed windows and doors with rock glass, an absolutely unbreakable clear covering. Call 416-638-2539 or visit metalexsecurity.com to book your free consultation. That's M-E-T-A-L-E-X security.com. Remember, prevention is always better than the cure. So one of the reasons that I am here uh, because I don't know that much about sports, um, is that this whole sports cancellation culture wave uh, really isn't specific to sports. It's actually a trend that really extends beyond it in kind of the broader, yeah. uh, I would say, entertainment, arts arts entertainment culture world. What, what Mike may sort of, I don't want to say lacking is the wrong word. What Mike specializes in is sort of a more holistic understanding of the world at large, as opposed to our myopic view through little silly games. You know a lot about things nobody cares about, and I know a little bit about a lot of things that nobody cares about. (laughs) 
And that's what makes us a good team. There you go. So, um, but no, but basically it's more about the arts world where there have been a lot of similar cancellations of Jewish and Israeli artists for a lot of similar reasons. Mm. Um, and I just feel like it's, it's nice to put this kind of conversation into context, particularly in the Canadian perspective. Uh, but a little bit beyond as well. So the big Canadian story that followers of the CJN may have heard of is, of course, The Runner, which is a play by a Canadian playwright uh, named Christopher Morris, who is not Jewish yep. nor Israeli. Right. Um, and Christopher, it, that's a hint. Yeah. I mean, Morris too, to be honest. So he wrote a one-man show in which I believe he's on a treadmill the whole time, acting huh. as a member of, of Zaka, uh, which is like a first responder kind of um, organization that helps uh, uh, people in Israel, soldiers in Israel. And the whole play ironically deals with this character who's an Orthodox Jew mm-hmm. um, help deciding in a split decision, in a split moment to help a Palestinian woman and not an Israeli soldier. Interesting. That's uh, the whole point of the play. The whole point of the play is a moral dilemma between who to help. And I don't think that anybody who has been pushing for this place cancellation uh, in this in, in recent years knows anything about that or what the play is or has read the play. The playwright Christopher Morris, as the one-man actor, he plays multiple characters and one of the characters is a very racist Israeli guy. Uh-huh. So a lot of the criti- a lot of the criticism is that the play propagates racist anti-Palestinian themes, which is only true insofar as the character is racist and it's right. an accurate depiction of racist Israelis oh that the audience, that the audience is critical. welcome to, you can think whatever you want about. Yeah, like that's what art does. Mm-hmm. The, the point of art is not to ignore the reality of these people, because uh, that's how you get Donald Trump as president. It's to right. understand these things and not just shunt them off to the side. So that's whatever. really Lots fascinating. Shorties. So it was being put on at the Belfry Theater in Victoria, BC. It was canceled uh, to, to quite a loud... Um, a uh, number of protests in response vancouver's push festival which is another theater theater festival uh loudly said we are still going to be putting on the runner which by the way the play came out in like 2019 i think like this is not a new production right uh it's just it comes up every now and again and and so they were going to put it, it back on the push and, festival or is it happening at the push so, festival so the push festival said they were going to put that on next to a palestinian production mm-hmm. um and they were going to you know present them like side by side because both sides but again are, the Does guy is hearing? not Israeli who wrote it. He's not Israeli. He's not, it's not an Israeli play. He's not Jewish. It, no. Right. Anyway, so they, the push festival said they were going to put it on. And then two weeks later, they said, actually, uh, we're not. Because it, it, too many people got mad at us. We should call including it. The, including the Palestinian playwright who was being touted as the like both sides uh, success story. She was like, I'm not going on next to this Zionist trash or whatever. And so they took down the, they, they, they kicked out Christopher Morris, poor guy who's like, he's a victim of anti-Semitism without him being without Right, without him being, being Jewish. Jewish. They should call it the pushover festival. <laughs> I'm sorry that the team at Culturally Jewish didn't come up with that one. Yeah, um, uh, hey, that's okay. Um, that's you. But, you uh, they can have that one for free. But yeah, it's it's interesting because initially the the Belfry Theater, the original theater in Victoria that canceled uh, uh, the runner, uh, they cited the security. Uh, they, they used the security line as well. So they said we cannot guarantee the security of of Christopher and of the audience and and of all this because. Because it's, it's so you know controversial, just based on the fact that it has Israel and its you know content warning or whatever. So it's it's interesting you bring this up. Um, you know, I there is one 
security example I could find where it may have actually been the case. Um, there, the artist Matas Yahoo, who many, many of you out there in radio land and Michael, you might know of, you know, he was famously a Hasidic reggae singer, um, who's now, I think he's still quite religious, but I think he's gone towards more of the modern Orthodox vibe. Um, he shaved his beard, you know, he still wears tzitzit, but he like sort of now, now he, he's like a, a hacky sack dude. I would say that's his current vibe. Anywho, I had a show at an art gallery in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and the show was canceled, you know, within 20 to 30 minutes before he actually went on stage because of how big the protest outside was. Um, the theater just said, we're going to shut this down and shut it down. Where it gets controversial is the following day, his next show also canceled their show without any protest going on. Um, you know, he had another show in Tucson, Arizona the following night, and they canceled it beforehand. What Manasiahu did instead, which is actually probably, you know, the best, brightest move, is he just did a free show in the park. Said, if you still want to come see me, don't need to pay. Don't need to go to this theater. It doesn't want us. And there were, no the secu- there were no security problems at no all? No security problems at all. Nobody um, was throwing tomatoes at him or... Uh, no, nobody know. was throwing tomatoes. And again, I, you know, could be... I have a hard time finding exactly what Maris how much he talks about Israel. Um, you know, I think he talks in, in my experience of Maris he talks more about like one day we can all be a big human family that lives together. Um, yeah. Wasn't what, what was his uh, big song? Wasn't it like peace, like one love or something? Yeah. Like uh, one day, one day, one day, one day. And the other one about like, like Yahweh, you know, he talks about that too. Um, you know, actually, you know, seeing more recent pictures of him now that I'm watching this story too. Uh, one, like he did now seems to have a long white hair and white beard. His, his image these days is a little like Hasidic Jerry Garcia. Maybe that's it a little bit more, but he's become an, er- an earthy Jew. Yeah. He's a real, he's real crunchy. Um, of the Adama. Yes. Well, it's good to know that. I mean, he, he at least made the fans happy and put on a pre-show. And, yeah. Uh, Exactly, uh, and did that, um, and maybe one yeah. day everyone will be will be together. Um, so just to touch on a couple other little cultural tidbits, uh, see, uh, I'm just throwing everything back to the CJN because we've been covering so much of this. Please. Really, what I'm trying to do is just string together all the stuff we've been covering in the last mm-hmm. month or two. My uh, colleague Jonathan Rothman, uh, reporter at the CJN, he wrote a, a fairly lengthy feature that was all about the arts. Um, Jewish artists being canceled mm-hmm. and uh, it, it focused primarily kicked off with the yuck yucks fundraiser uh, yes. for the friends of IDF um, downtown in Toronto at the flagship. Uh, and so obviously there were, I mean, you, you put on at a yuck yucks comedy club in downtown Toronto, you try to put on a, a fundraiser for friends of the IDF. Yeah. You're going to go protest. Absolutely. Um, and Mark Breslin, who's the the owner, who's just on actually Ralph Ben Murgy's podcast. Ah, old band. friends. I'm sure. Old friends with your dad too. I know that they were all part of that. They both are, yeah. Part of that, part of that original that scene, uh, the yuck yuck scene. Yeah. We should get your dad on the podcast. That's that would be nice. He's currently actually at the Coyotes, uh, the Arizona Coyotes game in Phoenix, where you are, Mike. Um, to which he just texted me oh, asking if Nick Schmaltz was Jewish. Um, Nick Schmaltz, <laughs> good Mike Jacobs All Star, but not Jewish. Um, God, I guess. God. I guess you know he's watching Nick Schmaltz while you and I are chewing the fat. 
Ah, okay, yeah, sure. Um, anyway, so but Mark Breslin, no, no stranger to controversy, kind of embraces it. Just you know, no, no press is bad press kind of guy. Um, he says the show was was sold out anyway. The idea of fundraiser, which did go on about an hour late, mm-hmm. and so it talks about how people are going after not just Yuck Yucks but also like Humber College, mm-hmm. which is associated with Yuck Yucks. They have the comedy the program, comedy program, yeah, uh, where you can get a degree in comedy or whatever. And he also talks about how people are um, canceled an ongoing comedy night held by a Jewish guy at the comedy bar, totally separate comedian. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was an event like Laugh It Up for Israel that was canceled as well. So it, it there's really, as you read the article, it's a very long article. And the longer you scroll, the more you're like, oh, there's just more. And like all of this is just in Canada. But yeah. the idea that it's like if you are a Jewish or Israeli comic or artist or theaters or not even jewish in the case of christopher morris right yeah then, if you, like you just you just it's not uh i mean i don't like using this phrase but like it's not a safe place to be right um, it, for expression you know we haven't seen yeah. any like like violence much i mean we've seen some but like not during a performance or anything like that just the expression and it's, it's, it's particularly hard just to sort of tie a bow on all this like mm-hmm. when you don't let uh Stand-up comics who are famous for free speech or plays like The Runner, which are very deliberately looking at both sides of a decade, yeah. centuries-old conflict, or uh, any other artist or person with a voice, when you don't even let them have the platform, I don't know what the end goal is. Like, it, at what point can they start producing their art again? Right. Because at this point, is it is it that once the war is over? Because I mean, the West Bank's still going to be occupied by the end of this. Like Gaza won't be in good shape. Maybe you, some like, people there's... think it's never. And 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 that's the case. So at what point do the institutions that are conceding to them, the pushover festival, as you put it, the pushover festivals of the world? Yeah. At what point do they the start pushover accepting? Festival. Now that they've said it's okay to to cancel Jewish and Israeli and or Jewish and Israeli adjacent content right at one point do they say no no now we're going to start airing this again um and yeah. i i honestly don't know that there is an answer i think the dam has been broken um and right. i don't think it's necessarily even anti-semitism like honestly i don't i think it is people who absolutely hate israel and jews just happen to be the majority of people in israel i mean i think <laughs> we're doing this stuff here like yeah I it's think... not it's not anti-semitism in the sense that it's not people who hate Jews and have stereotypes against against Jews. It's people who hate Israel and have stereotypes about Israel in their heads. I think that's mostly true. I think what makes it, what sort of blurs the lines is that the people who are the loudest about it tend to also be loud about Jews themselves. Um, I think what makes it scary is that you're never really going to know for sure why someone has a strong opinion on Israel. I, it's not uniform. I mean, you you brought up the South African uh, yeah. example is probably a good one where the 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 hidden ulterior motives maybe came to light. Um, Jonathan Rothman's piece talks about I think um, I forget which which cultural event was the target of this, but there's like specifically Jews against Israel was one of the groups or you know Jewish anti-Zionist of Toronto or whatever. Yeah. Some some acronym like that. They're the ones who were like spearheading the the cancellation right. campaign. So, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's all too murky, but the common thread is definitely Israel. Obviously I, I, I just, 
I don't know where it ends. And I don't think the people in charge of these institutions have thought that far ahead. I think they're reacting to in the moment. No, I, yes. And I think, and I think that, that based on uh, no principles at all. Yeah. Currently current. Yes, it is. It is the easy way out for anyone who is making a decision like this. And I understand if you're running a venue, you don't want people to riot and smash your art gallery. Like I get that, but also, you know, you are taking bookings because you're running a business and trying to make money. Uh, you are selling tickets to an event because you think people want to go to it, not necessarily because you support one way or another. I think that's that's we bring we bring political intent into so many things that may or may not have it. Um, you know, in David Teeger's case, as we talked about it earlier, his intent was to say. I just play cricket and there are more important things out there. Well, let me ask you this and, and we'll sort of wrap up on this yeah. note just to bring it back to sports. But, but does the Talmud um, not say? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, I mean, there's so much made about sports being inherently political or not, right? Yeah. And you guys have talked about this because Israel's always involved in the Olympics. So it's always yeah. kind of a, uh, an ongoing debate. But I mean, Sports are supposed to be unifying, right? You yes. Hear about these great sports moments of, you know, the U.S. playing Iran and soccer or something or yeah. like different, you know, Olympic teams like competing. Like the whole point is that you set your differences aside and you play the game. Yeah. And it's a moment of, of unity, even in competition. So my question is, is it fair for Israeli athletes now to claim that sports are not political when people are pointing at them? in a political way and banning them because they're associated oh. with the organization. Like, are they, or are they not political? I feel like there's a bit of a, of a blurriness there. I don't think that's the right question. I okay. think, I think, sorry, not to, I, okay. I am of the opinion that sports are political and they're also a large venue for political comment. And that is perfectly fine and perfectly good. If, if sports weren't political, we wouldn't have like military. We wouldn't all stand up and clap for the guy who, you know, was in the military. Um, you know, at every halftime and such, like they are an opportunity that is often used as an opportunity for political speech. However, I don't think that because the sport is a venue for political speech means that it is acceptable political speech to restrict access to the sport. I think that, that the concept of competition and quote unquote, the level playing field is what transcends the political where it is political is somebody's chosen behavior once the game has begun or surrounding the game um you know a famous example like if i think a great example for a political statement um you know if again i would i would actually find this like quite refreshing is let's say you're in bulgaria it's the double ihf team some team really doesn't want to play Israel for whatever political reason. They don't lobby to get them banned. They show up, they take a knee or they, you know, wait a minute to get on the ice and then they play. And like your statement is made and then the game goes on as intended because the actual competition, I think, is separate from the politics. It is just a venue for politics to happen. Just because you have the stage in the audience. Maybe. Yes, that's my theory. You know, you there's always been political statements done by athletes and in games, there will always be that. But I think the, for me, where the line is, is whether or not the event itself, the, the staging of the event, 
is a political act or not. Right. Okay. I hear you. So in other words, anybody who, I mean, everybody's wearing their country's flag. Everybody has moments of patriotism or protest against if they want to use yeah. it to protest their own country or something like that. Um, but their sports but the, are always but stage, unifying. But the stage itself yeah. is, is sacrosanct. Sports yeah. are always okay. unifying because everyone gets to play. That's the idea. If you're good enough, you can play. Doesn't matter where you're from. You know, the, we talked about this earlier in the sense of the Olympics in that they are also, you know, they're letting the Russian athletes pr- compete, just not as Russia. Who knows if that's going to happen with Israel this summer? I doubt it, but yeah, it, yeah, it would be. It would, I, I'd be surprised. Um, also, just because I feel like the U.S. has enough power and they cause totally. enough of a stink, and then you'd have to like um, it would be... any country at war, and it's a whole thing. Um, we don't need to get into the double standards of why China is still allowed to participate in all these exactly. things. Exactly, um, Indonesia. But, uh... <laughs> It is, uh, Gabe. Thank you for staying up late to come. No, no, of course. This, this was a blast. It was wonderful recording with you, getting deep into the conversations, getting thoughtful, going deep beyond the surface. What it means to be a mensch warmer, and I want to be, you know, the first in terms of our our thousands of listeners to thank Michael for guesting on this uh, episode tonight. Normally, he's on the other side of the microphone, on the other side of the camera, but we were honored and thrilled to have him. You know, I. Uh, uh, lugubriate on our show this evening and i'm happy to say this on air for the first time but gabe please stop touching your microphone yes i I only did it at the end i was trying to think of the right word to say and lugubriate was the best i could come up with well do you want to have a stab at the uh ending credits uh james thanks for listening to the mentormers we are as always part of the cjn podcast network tonight's episode was produced and guest hosted by michael Freeman. So thanks again to Michael for being here. You can find uh, us and other CJN podcasts at the cjn.ca slash podcasts or anywhere you find these little nuggets of radio on demand of which we are all so hopelessly in love. Uh, have a wonderful week.